lovely to be back here and uh, see you all again. Sorry about the cold. Uh, it was quite cold this morning coming in, wasn't it? Um, what I think we've got to do as a contingency when we get cold, the worship team has got to start us off with some aerobic choruses so we can sing and do scissors as well at the same time. Don't you think that would work? So I hope you're all, all warm enough. But first of all, before I speak on anything, I'd just like to thank you all for praying. As you know, I go out all over the place um, to different parts of the country. And um, I went down to London last week. And I know that you were all praying for me. And I, I don't report back what happens, but sometimes I see incredible outpourings of the Holy Spirit. And um, this, as you were praying last week, there was an incredible move of the Holy Spirit on the church. Spent hours and hours and hours praying with people, the sick, the brokenhearted, people who were damaged, people who were uh, capped in, in captivity by satanic things. And just watching God just move and lift things right off people was quite amazing. And people giving their lives to the Lord. So, what, so when you pray, I, I should really report back that there's, there's incredible answers to your prayers. So praise the Lord for that. Amen. So keep praying. Amen. Uh, because God's doing wonderful things. Uh, Okay, well, I'll just, uh, just leave it there. Let's just pray. Father, I just thank you for this wonderful church. I thank you, Lord, that you love us. I thank you that your goodness and your mercy follows us. I thank you that your favor is upon us. I come against every curse that's been put on uh, people that will come off right now. Every affliction of illness will just uh, come right off right now. And Father, I just pray that you would re release a future and a hope in the name of Jesus. Amen. God's in your past, he's in your present, and he's in your future. Amen. Turn to somebody and say, he's got you covered. Amen. Praise God. Now, um, I want to talk about the greatness of God in Christ from Colossians. But I just want to tell you, you know, the, 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 the New Testament was written by about six people. Somewhere around six people. And, um, and it mainly focuses on the ministry, mainly focuses on the ministry of three people. The ministry of Paul the Apostle. The ministry of Peter and the ministry of Jesus. It covers a few little snapshots of various other people, but basically it's those three, Paul, Peter, Jesus. But you know what? For me, Jesus is in another league. And actually, Paul, who writes Colossians, that's what he's saying. Jesus is in another league. And one of the reasons why I just, I'm a Christian, not because I wanted to follow a religion, uh, uh, but I wanted to follow Jesus. 
I'm attracted to, to God because of Jesus. Not because of the choruses we sing or the style of worship or the characteristic of the church. But you know, God won my heart because he revealed Jesus to me. Amen. And that's what we're about as a church. We're really not interested in whether you're a Pentecostal, an Anglican, a Baptist or a Catholic. We are interested in Jesus revealing himself to you and you walking with Jesus and you loving Jesus and Jesus loving you and you being changed into the likeness of Jesus and you start behaving like Jesus, acting like Jesus and seeing miracles like Jesus. Amen. Who wants to be like Jesus? Amen. Who wants to be just a religious uh, formal uh, follower? No. Amen. Well, you do want to be religious in the sense of looking after the orphans and widows and doing the good stuff. Amen. But really, it's all about a re Jesus revealing. And one of, the, one of the things that took I love about Jesus is this. As you look at him, at his ministry, as they write, he, he touches the untouchable and reaches the unreachable. This, I suppose this is what makes me move by, by uh, with love for him. I love him, don't you? Yeah. I, don't like, I don't always love religion or church or stuff like that. But I love that because I love him. Yeah. Amen. And, um, but, he but you know, as I read about his ministry... You know, some of the stories that he paints, he isn't just the son of God, but when he came to earth as the son of man, you know, he, was, he didn't come as an, uh, a CEO of a company. He didn't come uh, as a prime minister. He, didn't, he came as, um, an, into the underclass. Amen. made himself of no reputation and came down as a servant. In other words, he wasn't even work. He was, he was underclass. Amen. Came. And, and as God started to manifest through him, I, I just love those stories where you get that woman who nobody, you know, is with all those religious leaders and uh, they're having a very nice time. And then that woman who, who you, they wouldn't even let her in the church, walks in the room and drops at his feet and weeps at his feet. And they're all looking at her and saying, what's, she do what's he doing? Letting her not only come in, but, sit, but touch him. And she weeps and she wipes his feet with her hair. And, and he just stands up to all these spiritual people and says, just leave her alone. Amen. Reaching the unreachable, touching the untouchable. And when, he, when, he, when, when he, he's uh, at that well with that woman and, uh, and the disciple says, I'm getting up, we're getting off to get something to eat. He says, well, I'm staying here. And he wanted to stay here to meet a woman 
who was had a real reputation in her city as you know uh, as being somebody you don't go near and she was on her fifth husband she was renowned in that city and anyone who associated with her would be tainted. And here he is talking to her about eternal life. Here he is talking to her about God wanting to touch her life. And they came back and they said, well, what's he doing with her? And he won her heart. She became an amazing evangelist and turned upside down Samaria. Amen. He, she was the forerunner for Philip later on who went in there and saw God move by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Touching the untouchable, reaching the unreachable. And Zacchaeus, the businessman, the Dell boy, <laughs> he could have been Zacchaeus Trotter, who knows? <laughs> But he was thinking, oh, he's a real crook. And he calls the crook off the tree that everybody hated. And he said, I'm coming to, I'm going to hang out with you today. That's why I love Jesus. And the kids that invaded the revival and started to dis disrupt the meeting, and Peter gets upset. Would they get rid of these kids? And he said, no, suffer the kids to come to me. They belong in heaven. Amen. That's why I love Jesus. With that in mind, Colossians starts, or in the opening phases, with the greatness of God in Christ. So let's read this passage. It's Colossians 1, verse 11, and we're reading verse 11, then 13, then 15 to 19, okay? I'll read it to you. I'm reading from the New King James Bible. Strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, for all patience and long-suffering with joy. He's delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed unto us the kingdom of his Son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. 15. He's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven, and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created for him and through him. He's before all things, and in him things consist. He's the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have preeminence. For it pleased God, in verse 19, that in him all, say all, all the fullness 
should dwell. Praise God. This is Paul writing in, and he said, I've got my ministry and God's working through me and the apostle, other apostles. But what he's saying here is, Jesus is in another league. Amen. Let's say that together. Jesus is in another league. Amen. Now, we'll put this up. I just wanted 10. I'm not going to be able to speak on this. I need at least 15 hours to speak on this. Okay? So the way we're going to do 15 hours in two minutes is like this. I'm going to put 10 takeaways from this passage, and then I'll just share something the Lord wants to say behind this thing. Are we ready? Number one, shall we read this together? He strengthened us with all might. Have we got it there? Number two, shall we say it together? He has delivered us from the power of darkness. Number three, he is the image of the invisible God. Number four, by him all things were created. Number five, he is before all things. Number six, in him all things consist. Number seven, he is the head of the church. Number eight, he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. Number nine, in all things he may have preeminence. Number ten, in him all the fullness should dwell. Amen. So I've just spoken to you on ten hours preaching. Amen. So if you want to go ahead and look at those things, unpack them. And if they get into your spirit, it will change your life. It will change your ministry. It will, you will become an amazing influence of the power of God. Because your faith and the quality of your life and the authority of your ministry rests on how big your God is. Amen. You know, if you have a perception of the greatness of God, it will build greatness into you. The reason some people can preach and heaven opens is because they've got buried into, uh, embedded into their spirit something of the greatness of God. The reason that people are uh, shifted from darkness to light is because something of the greatness of God has been revealed to them and it's transformed them. So it'll change everything. You know, what I would ask you to do, whether you're a Christian or you're not even a Christian yet, pray this simple prayer. God, I want you to reveal yourself to me in a greater way today. 
and you will start to see things shake and change and metamorphose into the kingdom of heaven. Amen. This is so important because your perception of yourself, the world and the devil is completely affected by your perception of God. If you've got a small understanding and perception of God, you'll have an impoverished life. So the more you can, and that when we say, I want to see your face, what are we saying? What we're saying is, I want to see you in all your glory. This is what his glory is like. Strengthened, delivered, revealed, created, holding things together. The resurrection spirit of God, the preeminence of Christ, the fullness of God. Amen. I want a gospel that makes us bigger, not smaller. I want devils to shake. I want the devils to shake out of our community, out of our lives, out of our country, out of our government and parliament. And you're not going to be able to have an impact unless God impacts you. Okay, so... We used to sing a song, my God is so great, so strong and so mighty. My God is so big, that's even better. So strong and so mighty. You used to have to say strong. How did you do mighty? Come and stand here. Just stand here, face them. I'm going to say the words, right? And you're going to do the actions. My God is so big. So strong and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. Do it again, because that would be just picking it up then. <laughs> my God is so big, so strong and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. If you go to a prayer meeting with that in your spirit, your prayers are going to be answered. Sickness is going to go. Demons are going to come off. You've got to realize that God is bigger. He's bigger than your sin. You've got to understand that. He's bigger than your sin or the problem that you're facing. God needs to reveal himself to you so that you're bigger than your, that he's bigger than your sin and your temperament. So he say, I've got a bad temper. My dad had a bad temper. My mother, and, and, and you know, we're all like this in our family. Or my mum was a warrior. I'm a warrior. We're, warrior. we're all worrying in our family. God is bigger than your temperament. 
and he's made you a new creature, that means he changes our DNA. Amen. You do not have to be a reproduction of the flaws of your heritage. Amen. God's bigger. God's bigger than your sin. Look at Paul who wrote this. He was a murderer. What do you think he felt like when he walked in the churches and he saw husbands that weren't there and their wives are sitting there and they weren't there because he got them killed? There was blood on his hands. But you know what? That didn't stop him to being one of the most powerful ministers of God in the New Testament because he believed God was bigger than his sin, bigger than his temper, bigger than his impatience, bigger than the things of, that he'd done in the past that were wrong. You've got to see that you might have committed a lot of sin or you might have great regrets in your life or you might never feel you're good enough or worthy enough or measure up but you've got to believe that God is bigger and his blood is greater. Amen. Amen. And because, and, and when you understand that, you realize that you've been forgiven much and you'll find it a lot easier to tolerate and forgive other people. That's what God says to me. Because I'm thinking, some people do terrible things to me. But I just feel love for them. Do you know why? Because every time I think, you know what? Fancy them saying that about me or doing that to me. And as I'm thinking it, I hear the Lord say, you've got to forgive them because I forgave you. Amen. God's bigger than you. Just turn to say, someone and say, God's bigger than you. <laughs> Amen. And he's going to make you as big as him. Amen. I'm getting excited. I'll try and be, moderate my voice so I don't fright, frighten you all off. He's bigger than the people who have influence over your life. You might have a dominating husband. Treat you like dirt. And when you go home, he might crush your spirit. Well, I want to tell you God's bigger than him. You might be working in a job where you've, you, you're victimized or you're criticized or you're discriminated against because of your skin, because of your age, because of your gender. Or there's just somebody that can't stand you and makes your life hell and is trying to get rid of you. Well, I want to tell you, God's bigger than them. Amen. God's bigger. God's bigger than all those poor people in Hong Kong. If they've put their trust in, in Christ, don't be worrying. God's bigger than that, what's going on there. And God's bigger than Boris Johnson. 
or carry. Or the EU. Amen. Amen. God's in control. Look, you've got to ask God to embed this in your spirit. Because when you pray, when you speak, faith will rise. Because the greatness of God is being embedded in your spirit. There's nothing our God cannot do. You know, years ago, we were blessed having associations in Nigeria with a man called Benson Idaho said he frightened the life out of the British. And you know what? He didn't think God, anything was bigger than God. He couldn't care less about culture, temperament, what people thought, or whatever. You stick a corpse in front of him, he'll be praying, and he would frighten you with his prayers. Saw nine people raised from the dead. He was um, a prodigy of the revival that took place in Nigeria after the Biafran War. When he was born, his mother didn't want him, so she, he threw him. He threw him onto the, a, a waste heap as a baby. Missionaries picked him up, educated him, one of the most powerful men of God that Nigeria ever saw in the 70s. Amen. Reaching the unreachable, touching the untouchable, and he's touching you. Will you let him touch you? Amen. He's bigger than demons. You don't believe in demons here, do we? Now, we're all so smart, we don't think of heaven, hell, or demons. The fact that we're watching genocide every five minutes, and people murdering each other, and mutilating each other, and child murderers, but we don't believe in the devil. You know, some areas, the West is third world when it comes to the spirit. If you don't believe in the devil, do you believe in evil? Well, where do you think it comes from? It's not rocket science. You know, when we pray for people who are demonically affected or attacked, do you know what we often do when we're praying? Oh, we don't want to upset them. So we're just sort of combing the hairs of the demons. <laughs> Will you please get off him? 
you know, Jesus loves him. Will you please get off him? Jesus said this. He didn't waste any time. Go. Go. You say, well, if you in your family are constantly attacked and one thing after another, are you getting ill and sick? Broken bones every five minutes. You've got a spirit attacking your family. Now, if you've got bigness of God in you, you know that he's bigger. So when you know he's bigger and he's messing around with your family or your life or your body or your mind, you just say, get off him right now in Jesus' name. Last week, my wife might not appreciate me saying this, but I'm going to say it. Her mum is really struggling at the moment. She's in hospital last week. And poor Osu managed to get in the hospital to see her. She's in a terrible state. I'm about to go to London. She was supposed to come with me, but she had to stay here because of all the thing going on. Just before I left, I think, what are we going to do here? So before we left, just before I got on the train, we commanded in the name of Jesus her mind to be restored. Now, don't get me wrong. She's not completely better. She couldn't walk. She's up the wall. They weren't going to let her out of hospital. I had this amazing service on the Friday night. I was praying with so many people. I didn't get in till half 11. And I thought, I better phone Sue. I thought she'd be asleep. Were you asleep? She said, it's been wonderful. What's happened? Apparently, she's walking up and down the road, cheering everybody. Or, or walking up the road and down the, the road. This is what she said. Cheering everybody up. And she's got out of hospital and she's living with us. Now, that's not the end of the story. I'm still not satisfied. Neither is Sue. But what I'm saying is, he didn't just say, oh, oh, God's bigger than this. What are you going through? We've got to apply this, never just theological. Oh, isn't this a wonderful scripture? We've got to get the bigness of God in our spirit and turn the place upside down. Amen. So when we go to the prayer hub, and we only want people who really want to pray, Stay at, go and play chess otherwise, okay? But we, we only want people who believe God's bigger. <laughs> Amen. 
Listen, it says here he was active in our past. He's before all things. He's with us in our present. And he'll be there in our future. Amen. There are people here who have been through a terrible time recently. And you're thinking, I don't know how I'm going to go. What are we going to do? Have you ever felt like that? This is too big for me. I'm overwhelmed by this. I get overwhelmed. Always look in the mirror and say, the ministry's done this to me. (laughs) It used to be blonde. It's still blonde. It's just being bleached by the sun. (laughs) And you might think, I'm I'm just over. Listen. As he was active in our past, he is present with you now. He's present with you. He's going to help us. He's going to sort it out for us now. And you think, well, look, we've seen great days and the goodness of God and all my days. And that's a wonderful thing. But just turn to somebody and say, you haven't seen anything yet. You know why? Because if you've given your life to Jesus, he'll give you a future and a hope. Amen? Now, I'm I'm 68 now. I know I only look about 28, but I'm 68. And when you get to 68, you're thinking, two years' time, I'm on the reserve tank. (laughs) But you know what? I've got this feeling God still wants to use me. Amen. Just turn to the body and say, God hasn't finished with you yet. Amen. He's in your future. He gives you a future. You've got a future. There's doors going to be opened. There's new adventures. There's a fresh calling. There are new horizons. Because he's bigger. Amen. Finished nearly. You know, where's this going on this passage? He strengthens us with all might. He's delivered us from the power of darkness. He's the image of the invisible God. Uh, By him all things are created. He's before all things. He holds everything together. He's the head of the church. He's the beginning of the resurrection of those to be raised from the dead. In all things he's preeminent and he carries the fullness, the fullness of God. Why did he write that? Well, at the end of the chapter, he unpacks the reason he made that statement. It's wonderful. And in Colossians 1, verse 27, 
This is where he's going with this statement. That God has made known this mystery to the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So this Christ that strengthens the world with his might, that delivers people from the power of darkness, that is the image of God. That's one for the JWs, isn't it? That's creative and formed the world. That has existed yesterday, today, and forever. That is the head of the church. That is the beginning of those that are going to be raised from the dead. That is preeminent. That carries the fullness of God. This person is in you. Now you don't know it. This is the tragedy. Because you believe the devil. You believe the devil's assessment of you. Oh, I'm just a, I'm just a, I'm just a, like, let's take me. I've only got two O-levels or G GCSEs. I failed my driving test for the 15th time. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm too busy. I can't. It's too big for me. And of course, the devil will tell you, you rubbish, and you, and you haven't got a future, and you may as well pack in. And you go, oh, yeah, yeah. And it reflects in the way you pray for people. It reflects in where you speak to people. It reflects on how you look, you, you talk about and refer and think about yourself. But that's not reality. You see, the demons don't see that assessment. When the demon looks at you, this is what he sees. He sees Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen. He sees that you're carrying somebody who created the world, who strengthens everything with might, who overturns darkness, that has a resurrection spirit that carries the fullness of God. So when you wake up of a morning, did you realize every demon in hell groans? Oh no, what's he going to do today? And the demons in hell are having a chat with one another and they're thinking, you know, Aunt Satchwell, she's woken up again. And they all groan. Oh, I hope she doesn't wreck our day. How many people want to wreck the devil's day? Amen. That's minimum. Well, you start wrecking the devil's day by, by believing who you are in Christ. Now look, this only applies if you've accepted Christ. 
Now, some of you might not have accepted Christ. And so you, you're enslaved to this evil power that is out to destroy your life. The devil comes to kill and steal your destiny, your future, your mind, your body, your kids, your home, your family, your community. But Jesus died on the cross and destroyed the authority by which he can hold you. And he says, if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, you shall be saved. And he says, if you will, like a corn of wheat, let your, you die and let him take over, out of your life will grow the power of Christ. Amen. So there's a couple of things that you need to give your life to Jesus. And if you have done that, you need it to be Lord of your life. Otherwise, you are going to come under attack. You're going to be just, he'll try and destroy everything. So let's just pray for everybody who hasn't led, asked Jesus to come into their life aloud so they can say it aloud so God can start to move in your life. And you are going to see miracles happen. Starting, the miracle starting with you. Amen. The revival starting with you. So let's pray, shall we? Shall we say it together? Dear Lord, I thank you that you died on the cross. Wash away my sin. Forgive me for being proud obstinate and resisting you I repent of that and I receive you into my life give me the courage and the faith to let you take control so that I might be a real Christian and see the power of God change my life and change my world, and change other people's lives too. Amen. God loves you. Just work with him, will you? Because today is the day of salvation, and you only have today. And if you haven't accepted Jesus as your sa saviour, and you die, you will go to hell. It is appointed for man once to die. And after that, the judgment. So don't mess around with God. I'm not trying to cuddle you into the kingdom. Just sort it out with him. Because God has planned a life that you can't imagine for you. Just get on with it and sort it out. Amen.
Let's worship the Lord. Let's just pray. Father, we thank you that you are our saviour. That you, you saw us when we were in a mess, when our sin just, just was bigger than us. And Lord, we were without hope and without God in the world. Some of us, Lord, we're going to commit suicide. Some of us were blind and thought it was everybody else's fault. Some of us were proud and arrogant and couldn't be told anything. But your love was greater. Your power was bigger. I thank you that you were bigger than our, our hatred and our rebellion. You were bigger. Bigger than our sin. And we love you. Thank you for reaching the unreachable and touching the untouchable. In Jesus' name, amen.